together. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Here we are. Take two. Because the first time <laughs> didn't take. <laughs> Hi, Carlene. Hello, Alma. How are you? Delicious. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so is this. It so is. is this whiskey that we're drinking. It's yummy. We recorded this. These stories that we're about to do like two weeks ago. And if you're paying attention to our Instagram and our Facebook, uh, you'll know that when I went to edit at the beginning of this week, the whole audio was like pretty much trash. So wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. But we get so to we're do doing it again. again. Do over. It's okay. Do over. Do over with a whiskey night. Yeah. My- I just wanted to, because you're not going to get to hear this. I bought this really cool wine on the last episode. It was oh, called yeah. Phantom and it played into our episode. But you and posted my story, it. yeah, did I post it? I think you posted a picture of it. I can't remember. Oh yeah, I did, huh? I think so. I did. All right, I have my story. I love how I get something in my head, and see now at least I know. Like I'm gonna look that up right now. What? That I don't argue with you. I just look it up right now and look it up. <laughs> <laughs> You're All right. so funny. Have you had any really good readings lately? I mean, there are always good readings. Well, I mean, but. But, you know, like something that's like freak the shit out yeah. of you? No, nothing like that. But I will say my house, my house is so freaking active. Is it? That uh, something happened the other day and I texted the kids and I was like, all right, <laughs> this happened. And then, God, what was it? And then I realized I debunked it. So I was like, okay, I don't have a ghost doing that to me. But they are making a lot of noises in right. my house. Like somebody's really trying to get my attention, like making a lot of, um, you know, moving, right. moving things. And today before I came here, I was sitting on the couch and it started vibrating. I was like, okay, that's weird. And then of are course you sure I, you didn't fart? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, is it the fan? I was like totally going through this debunking process. And then I was like, wait, what? What was that? It was the weirdest vibration feeling, but it was only on like one cu- one cushion, right. not my ass cushion. It was only on one cushion. <laughs> I, I was just like, it was popped so into weird. my head what happened but, <laughs> when yeah. you walked out of here. But- <laughs> Alma's been blessed. We're really close now. Oh my god. I heard the booty clap. <laughs> Listen, I mean I'm just gonna make it real with you, okay? I love I used to go into the kids and be like, God dang it, I gotta tell you guys something. And then I would just let it go. And they'd be like, so now anytime I say I have to tell you something, they're like, no, don't. I should have done that to you, but oh I just couldn't. God. I couldn't hold it any longer. I'm just like, that was like instantaneous. The warning, the warning, it just like, it wasn't a two minute, it wasn't a two minute warning. No. It was like, I'm going to fart. fart. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it was. There was no uh, tighten of the butt cheeks or anything. Oh my like god, a, that was hilarious. It was uh, that was hilarious. I must slacker. have laughed for an hour after that. Even the next day, I woke up and I was like, "The because your your reaction to it was hilarious." <laughs> you're like, "Your butt clap." Because sometimes I'll tell Allie if I do that, I'll be like. Allie, I was just applauding for you, but in a different way. And she's like, you're so disgusting. <laughs> and then you said it. <laughs> we think alike. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. Yeah. That okay. was hilarious. All right. We have cleared the air, and we can move on now. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were yeah. super serious. Yeah. And the last time we recorded this, we were, I, well, I'll speak for myself. Mm. I was so sober. No, like, I, I was, was sober, just, yeah. We were like super sober. Like it was just like, couldn't even. Just did our stories. We just did our stories. So it's it was probably meant to be that we have to do this over again. So mm. here yeah. we go. All right. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to get into it right now. Go. And go. And go. <laughs> Drink. You, you gotta prefer. You, you have to pretend that you've never heard the story before. I, I barely remembered my story, so I'm not gonna remember yours. Oh, All right. So mine is on the Phantom Killer murders. Wait, can I tell you something? Yeah. So I was talking to a client yesterday or the day before, or whatever. Talking to the client, and it was a guy, and we're we're really deep in the conversation. And I had any farted? No. <laughs> I made an abrupt movement, and my hernia popped out. trying to play it off and i'm like making all these noises i thought that we should drink whiskey all the time yeah we're way more fun on whiskey than wine yeah whiskey and tequila oh oh, yeah that's a fun one too yeah all right i'm sorry but i just remembered that because i was like the hernia popping out was pretty funny. Well, you're trying to be professional and serious with this poor person. You know, I just realized huh. my birthday is in like a couple days. Well, <gasps> what? Well, it's going to be on the 2nd. June 2nd? Yeah. It's your birthday. It's my birthday. Get the... It's my birthday. What are we going to do? I don't know. What should we do? We might have to record the next podcast. <laughs> Since we're doing a do-over on this one to catch up. what? June 2nd. I'm going to put that in my phone right now. Um, That is on a weekday. Look at... Oh, look it. Look what June says. What? Wine? (gasps) Pretty tip. What? No. Didn't even know that. I'm looking at my calendar. crazy. It's a Tuesday. It is a Tuesday. Tipsy Tuesday. Tipsy Tuesday. We're going to have to do something. I, I, I have nothing on my calendar for Tuesday. Nothing. Maybe just, you should just come over and we'll just watch Outlander. We'll catch, <gasps> we'll binge Outlander. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'd be so happy. Let's do that. I'd be happy too. 
back okay. even though I watched them. <laughs> it's me farting. Has to be faster than that. <laughs> it's a slow one. <laughs> Our whole podcast. Our whole podcast is about Carlene farting. Because oh, Alma doesn't fart. Oh, trust me. Ask Albert. I fart all the time. I'm back. You know, that's what happens when you get married. That familiarity. Yeah. You're just used to it. I mean. And now we do got you, the dogs. Do you fluff the sheets? Uh, I don't even have to. <laughs> I would be like, did you drink milk today? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh my God. Um, and we digress. That's amazing. I think we should just do this for the whole podcast. We talk about farting. Oh, my God. Have a whole podcast about farting. Okay, so hold on. I called a radio station. Pull my finger. You <laughs> <laughs> almost did. <laughs> I called I called the radio station because they were doing this whole thing. It was uh uh who are they? 1047. Mm-hmm. Those guys. Anyway, they were doing this whole thing talking they ended up talking about farting or whatever. And so I call them and I'm like, hey, this is Carlene. I'm your queen of farts. And that was it. They lost it. They were cracking up. They're like, you're the what? I'm like, I'm your queen of farts. Because they were talking about farting. And so I'm like, I'm your queen of farts. I love fart talk. Like, it's my favorite topic. And so they played it on the air. And then I had everybody calling and saying, that was you, wasn't it? And I I worked for a mortgage company. So the loan officers were calling oh and like, my God. and then even Are my sister, serious? me and my sister worked for the same company. And so like my sister was getting calls and going, was that your sister? Like everybody knew who the queen of hearts was. Carlene. Carlene. And queen it was broadcasted on the radio. Not the queen of hearts. The queen of hearts. Queen of hearts. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I mean, how long ago were you working for a mortgage company? It's been company? a long time. But it was those guys. I'm just trying to remember if it was 1047. Sure <laughs> pretty sure. All righty. Okay. Are okay. Ready? Are we ready? Okay. Are we ready for my story? Oh, time for a story. You. The bell. <laughs> the bell. So it's the Texarkana Moonlight Murders. Wait, say that again. The Texarkana Moonlight Murders. Okay. It was a string of serial mu- murders that took place right after World War II in Texarkana. Texarkana. Uh, Texarkana. Because I remember when you said that last time, I was like, right. I've never heard of Texarkana. Yeah. It's like literally right on the border of Texas. The border? The border. <laughs> the border. The border. Border. Okay. Yes, I remember. Of Texas okay. and Arkansas. So it's a twin city. They have their own municipalities like each on each side. Each side has their own police department, their own, I like, everything. Yeah. Okay, I do remember you saying that yeah. last time. Okay. Of course, this is before authorities would start referring to such killings as serial killings. The town is characterized by many of the articles I read during this time as a sleepy town where people 
rarely lock their doors at night. So this is like 1946. The war is just, World War II has just ended. So they didn't use the term serial killer. That's no, right, no. because did we do a story? One of us did a story where they were actually talking. Was it that movie that I watched that had to do with my story with uh, Angelina Jolie? Oh, it probably was. And they were talking about categorizing, like, oh, that would be a good category to put. And they were talking about serial killers using serial oh, yeah. as right. a label. Sorry. But what was it, that? I but can't that remember was the time like, frame. That was probably the 20s, like 20s, 30s, wasn't it? Oh, shit. How come I can't remember? I, I, I can't remember either. Did I write it on this? Maybe. Gosh, I've written a lot of stuff. Oh, this was Pokemoke Forest. Jeepers, girl. Pokemoke? Pokemoke. All right. So I'll let you know if I find it. Okay. So if you've ever watched the 1976 slasher flick, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, this is going to sound familiar to you. Oh, wait. Yes, because you'd had me watch it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, now it's all coming back it's to me. It's all coming I back. I swear, I have amnesia. So it's, it's like I'm telling the story brand new to you. It is. It seriously <laughs> is. I'm telling you. That I makes me feel so much better. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. There was also a 2014. 1928. 19, I knew it was. Yeah. Okay, you're good. All right, so... There was also a 2014 movie by the same name. Um, Both were, of course, mostly fictional. So here's the real story. Okay, so hold on. By the way, if anybody goes to watch this movie, what what was it on? The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Was it on Prime, though? Uh, I don't know. I think I I watched it on Prime. Did you? Because I found it on YouTube. So if you don't have Prime, you can find it on YouTube for free. And it's very... um, Hokey? Hokey. But (laughs) it's good because you know it's based on real. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. I mean, they took their own liberties with it, but. Right. And they For the most part. Yeah. For the most part. Okay. Sorry. He's okay. Both were, of course. Okay. So here it is. The first incident takes place on February 22nd, 1946. Jimmy Hollis, 25, and his girlfriend, Mary Jean Larry, 19. So 25 and 19, you know, back then. Back then, that's how it That was, was, I I mean, the fact that she's 19 is awesome. (laughs) She's an adult. Yeah. Uh, My my grandparents' love story is a little bit more questionable, but. Oh, my God. um, (laughs) She was 13. He was 42. Yeah, so it was pretty Uh -uh. pretty freaking close. No. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Her name was Mary Jean Larry. 19 um they'd gone on a double date the night that night and dropped off the other couple and pulled off on a secluded road just out of town side of town known as lover's lane okay there's like a lover's lane in every town right yeah of course there was and especially back then i mean what they used to call it necking um okay yeah like people like to think they were so innocent back then they They were were not not they were not no there were just a lot more uh Catholic adoption agencies out there uh-huh. Uh-huh. for those poor children that were born out of wedlock. Yeah. At about 11.55, okay, so this is about 11.45 when they pull off into Lover's Lane. At about 11.55 p.m., a man wearing a white cloth mask, which resembled a pillowcase with eye holes cut out, appeared at Hollis's driver's side door, and he shines a flashlight in the window, which in the movie, I, which I finally watched again. <laughs> He doesn't do that. He's not with the flashlight. He no. just kind of like comes up to the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hollis didn't know it was a prank, so he tells a guy he has the wrong person. Mm-hmm. 
To which the guy in the mask responds, I don't want to kill you, fella, so do what I say. But he did want to kill him, it yeah. seemed like. Yeah. Um, he orders them both out of the driver's side door, and then the guy who will just start referring to as the Phantom, which my wine was called the, wine. the Phantom, and it was so good. Well, let's pretend like we're drinking it. Okay. Oh, this no, Phantom this Red good. Wine. Mm. Phantom Red Wine Whiskey mm. <laughs> with Pepsi. <laughs> Yours is with Sprite. Mm, seven yours, up. Yours is blind, blonde. <laughs> blind, blonde. I mean, it kind of got two layers to it. It's kind of cool. Oh, it was much cooler, but okay. Enough of that. Alrighty then. Okay. Good. So, back to shorty balls. I don't want to kill you, fella. Do you do want some shorty balls? Should we do the whole podcast like this? <laughs> I don't know. It's picking it up. It, it sounds much better than the last few podcasts, yeah. I'll tell you that much. It's like ASMR. You can listen to this while you're going to sleep. Yes. We'll quietly give you a scary story. We should do that for Halloween. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're, we're weird. We are weird. Give us another That's drink. Okay. <sighs> Snap out of it. Okay. So where was I? Um, he was up at the window oh, and he, he said, orders, I don't want to kill you. He orders them both out of the driver's side uh-huh. door. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to call him the Phantom. That's where we were at. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. So Phantom. He orders Hollis um, to take off his goddamn bridges. Bridges? Bridges. Bridges. Not bridges. Not bridges. 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 Take off your goddamn bridges. Holland. Hollis. Hollis. <laughs> Take off them goddamn bridges. <laughs> That's you probably just nailed it. Okay. Nailed it. Sorry, I had to get into character. Okay. So Hollis and complies. See and go. <laughs> so Hollis complies and the guy strikes him twice in the head with a pistol. Ouch. Mm. Mary would later describe to investigators that the noise was so loud she survived. She thought Hollis had been shot. Whoa. Did they to come just, to like, find out it was a sight. It was a skull fracture. Yeah. You know, that. That's how loud it was. That glass is badass. It is. Let's drink out of that for your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We'll be laughing like that the whole time. Yeah. We'll fall on the ground. Yeah. I'll be like, Carlene, what are you doing up there? (laughs) Which is something that has actually happened to me. Okay, Mary, who thinks that this is a robbery, shows him that Hollis's wallet is empty, you know, because he just spent all his money on her, on her at the movie theater. She's like, look, this motherfucker don't have no money. He's broke. Okay. And the phantom strikes her with a blunt object. Oops. He then orders her to stand and then to run, and she complies running towards a ditch. Oh, my God. But this is, he's like, he's super sadistic. Yeah. Tells her to change direction. She spots an old car. Parked up the road and um, she starts running toward towards it and she's confronted by the attacker again and he asks mm. her why she's running oh. and she tells him because he told her to. Yeah. To which he calls her a liar. Oh knocks God. her down, sexually assaults her. <gasps> yeah. Wow. With the barrel of his gun. What? Yeah. So not with himself, but with the gun. Yeah. But That's still. That's fucked up. Which is fucking freaky. 
and scary because you don't know if he's trigger happy like okay she gets away running half a mile up the road to a nearby house and is able to call police Mm -mm -mm. meanwhile Hollis regains consciousness and flags someone down Um, and these people that he flags flags down uh, refuse to let him in the car but they drive up the road and pretty much what did they they found a, a mortuary or a funeral home and they call the police from there so how scary for him these yeah. people refuse but i don't know they're probably like freaked out by him too because he's mm-hmm. probably like bloody from getting a and skull it's dark cracked. and they're and, like yeah yeah i don't know i'm a little i have mixed feelings about that yeah i don't like it within about 30 minutes sheriff wh bill presley and three officers arrive at the scene like remember we've talked about this before back in the 40s and the 30s like everybody has a name like wh yeah 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 yeah. and three officers arrive at the scene by this time the phantom is gone and they find hollis pants about 100 yards from the car oh my god yeah so apparently he flagged down the other car naked so maybe oh that would okay maybe they were without his pants right so he's got blood coming down his head and he doesn't have any pants on yeah it's a little freaky both are hospitalized, Mary overnight, and Hollis has to take a few weeks to recover from his multiple skull fractures. Oh my gosh. When questioned by authorities, Mary Larry describes the attacker as having a white bag over his head with cutouts for eyes and mouth, but what she could see under the mask, she described him as being African American. So some of the stuff that I read was like he was a light-skinned black man. Uh-huh. Um but Hollis claims that the man was white, about 30. Um, he couldn't distinguish any other features because of the light shined in his eyes. They both agreed that he was around six feet tall. They gave Larry a harder time with her account, thinking that she knew the assailant. I think they they thought they both knew the assailant and they were covering up. Uh, and also, both of them are going through divorces. So they're not completely whoa. divorced from their spouses. And so, back then. Yeah. But they gave more credence to his account. But you know how they thought women of women cheating kind of, on yeah, their yeah, husband. Yeah. yeah. So wow. there's that. Wow. That's interesting. Yep. Jimmy Hollis was quoted as saying, I know he's crazy. The crazy things he said made me feel that his mind was warped. The police didn't really investigate further thinking it was pretty much a one-off. Like, just a crazy person. Who's to say they couldn't caught him sooner if they did? Right. So what what date did I say that was? So that was... February 22nd? February 22nd. So then on March 24th, Richard L. Griffin, age 29, and his girlfriend of six weeks, Polly Ann. Polly Ann Moore. <laughs> we don't have Polly Ann's Polly anymore, Ann, do we? No. We don't have those. Like, people aren't called by their middle names anymore. No. It's, there's not a, a Billy Bob. Mary or, Beth. Yeah. There's just not that anymore. Yeah. I think that's a Southern thing, too. Yeah. I don't think that was ever really. Papa Joe. Bobby Joe. When I taught, there was a Bobby Joe. There was a Bobby and a Bobby Joe. And then we we had to say it, Bobby Joe, like that, just because how can you not? <laughs> Richard L. Griffin, age 29, and his girlfriend of six weeks, Pollyanne Moore, age 17, were found dead in Griffin's 1941 oh. Old, Oldsmobile sedan on Sunday, March 24th, 1946, between 8.30 and 8. A.M. and 9 a.m. By passing motorists on an isolated road called Rich Road, Griffin, and this was pretty, yeah, a nice, they pulled off the road to pretty much 
probably hanky panky. Yeah. Um, Griffin, he was also a World War II veteran. He was slumped over in the front seat, dead from two bullet wounds. Moore was sprawled out on the back seat of the car. Mm. Ugh. Some sources say she had been raped. So, well, I mean that could be his pattern, right? But the the he let the last couple live, so I guess maybe he learned from that. But maybe it was an accident that they lived. Could be, or he that was his that was his like virgin. Yeah. Whatever. Like yeah, they, because yeah, be. a lot of these cases, they just like what do you call it? It escalates. Yeah. Oh well, that happens though. Right. Yeah. So and shot in the head. However, the rape part doesn't jive with modern reports of the attack. A blood-soaked patch of earth outside the vehicle pointed to the fact that they had been killed outside the vehicle and placed back inside. There were oh. no footprints, thanks to rain that night. But the fo- police ha- were able to find a thirty-two caliber slug. Actually, so wait, he did all that and then he staged them yeah hmm. and and remember that so by march 30th police had posted a 500 dollars reward 500 dollars <laughs> i guess that's a lot back then i guess so in an effort to gain any new information on griffin and more and the and more hmm. this is the alcohol talking <laughs> in an effort to gain any new information on the griffin and more case that would lead to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible however the rewards yielded no fruitful clues, suspects. Instead, it produced about 100 false leads. Oh, yeah. Then on April 13th, 1946, Betty Jo Booker. Betty Jo. Age 15. <gasps> so she's, oh. she's a kiddo. <clears throat> was playing her alto saxophone in her regular weekly gig, gig with her band, the Rhythmers. Rhythmers? Mm-hmm. At the VFW Club at West 4th Oak Street around 1.30 a.m. Sunday morning, April 14th, her friend Paul Martin, age 17, arrived to pick her up from the performance. The friends stopped at Spring Lake Park, which was just a few minutes from Booker Sussex Downs' home. The following morning, Martin's body was discovered on the edge of North Park Road. <laughs> he had been shot four times. One bullet entered the back of his neck and exited through the front of the skull. One entered through the left shoulder, one went through his right hand, and one the final one went into his face. The search party was assembled to look for Booker. Six hours later, her body was discovered behind a tree around two miles from Martin's body. She had been shot once through the chest and once in the face. Oh my god. Yeah. That is, that's a hate, hatred. Yeah. And it looks like with him, at least, there was a struggle, obviously. Mm-hmm. There was, like, definitely a struggle. It was as if her body had been staged, her coat buttoned up. Remember what we were talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her coat buttoned up, her chin, her hand, her uh, in her coat pocket. The weapon used was the same as in the first double murder, a thirty-two automatic Colt pistol. I think she I loves need you. her. <laughs> She's a good support dog. She, was, she said she wants to go home with me. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't know how she'd like your cat, though. She said, I need to sleep next to you. My poor mama. (laughs) Okay, so law enforcement was unable to locate Booker's saxophone at the crime scene. The saxophone was eventually discovered around six months later on October 24th, Mm. still in its black imitation leather case in an underbrush near where Booker's body had been found. She had also been raped. Jeez, this guy. He can't get a date, so he's got to, like commit murders and rape i don't even think it's that i think he's just got like some sort of 
anger issues. He's just messed up. While the Phantom was on the loose, Texarkana was like a city under siege. Residents armed themselves and curfews were set for local businesses. Theories spread wildly about the Phantom Killer's identity, the killer targeting killer's targeting of couples and lack of other identifiable motives such as burglary or revenge led many in the area to believe that the killer was some sort of sex maniac, quote-unquote. I mean, is he that, or is he just... A serial killer. A serial killer. But he's got to have some... Like, he's getting off on it in some way. Right. But he's not like... Is he actually having sex with these, or is he using an item? I don't know. Because, I... like, the barrel of a gun. Right. On the first one. Right. Or he escalated to actually sexually assaulting them. Yeah. The gun shops were selling a buttload of ammo and townspeople were rigging their homes with homemade booby traps, like Home Alone style, with pots and pans (laughs) and alarm systems (laughs) as alarm system. Who made up the word booby trap? I don't know. That's a good question. Booby trap. Where does that word come from? Booby trap. Uh, We might have to look it up. Yeah. Maybe maybe look it up. I think I will. It said some women opted to stay in hotels in the town while their husbands were away on business. Then on May 3rd, 1946, just before 9 p.m., Virgil Starks was sitting in his living room on his 500-acre farm listening to his favorite radio show. (sighs) His wife, Katie, 36. So this is a much older couple. Um, She's probably the oldest female that we've read about here. Um, Had given him a heating pad for his sore back and she was in the bedroom lying down on her bed when she heard something in the backyard. So she asked Virgil, Virgil. 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 Turn that radio down. <laughs> Virgil. Um, tells him to turn it down because she hears something. I found booby trap. Did you find booby trap? What is it? Where does it what's the In etymology of that? Approximately fifteen ninety, the word began appearing in the English language as booby. B O O B Y. Meaning stupid person. Slow bird. The phrase Booby trap originally applied to schoolboy pranks, but took on uh, its more sinister connotation. Connotation, mm-hmm. yeah. During World War One. Anyway, I think there's more to this, so I'm going to keep researching while I'm listening to you read. All right. So she tells him to turn down the radio. Seconds later, um, two shots were fired, hitting Virgil in the back of his head. Ugh. Katie didn't hear the gunshots, but she heard the sound of breaking glass and when she went to check what happened to virgil he's definitely dead well right in that moment he stands up and then slumps back into his chair Uh -uh. she runs to the phone phone the police and then she's shot twice in the face from the same window one bullet enters her right cheek exited behind her left ear and the other went in just below her lip so i'm just telling giving you these details because Uh. she keeps going oh my God, Breaking her jaw and splintering out several of her teeth before lodging under her tongue. Oh, my God. It, and ugh. after all that, somehow she manages to get away. She heard the killer coming through the kitchen window, so she turned around and ran through the dining room, through the bedroom, down the hallway, through another bedroom. I mean, how big is this house? No kidding. And then into the living room and out the front door, leaving behind a virtual river of blood and teeth. Throughout the house Ugh. and across the street. Poor thing. She's barefoot. She's still in her blood-soaked nightgown. She runs across the street to her sister-in-law and brother-in-law's house. And nobody was home. So she runs another 50 yards 
um, to A.V. Prater's house. Prater answered her call for help. She gasped, Virgil's dead. Then she collapses. Oh, my gosh. That poor thing. Yeah. The news was printed on the front page the next morning, Saturday, May 4th, reading Murder Rock City again, farmer slain, wife wounded. I mean, she's a little bit more than wounded, but... Well, she is a badass. I know. She just kept going. Holy cow moly. I mean, she, like, they pretty much shot out all her teeth. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, imagine getting shot in the face and being able to, like, function at all. I mean, it had to be pure adrenaline oh yeah 100 percent. like when all that was over she probably just slumped that's into when a ball she was like crash. immediately after reports of the slang spread blockades were set up several miles northeast and southwest on highway 67 um sheriffs davis called in officers from the entire area to help in the investigation including two agents from the fbi captain gonzalez which in the movie it was Morales. Like, he comes oh. in, they make a big old to-do out of him. And and the way his name is spelled is really weird. It's G-O-N-Z-A-U-L-L-A-S. I that have is never weird. seen that spelling. Nope. Um, and other Texas Rangers, Sheriff Presley and his deputies, Sheriff Jim Sanderson from Little River County, Arkansas, state police, local police, and many others in the house. Investigators found a trail of blood with scattered teeth, like we talked about before. One in the dining room. On the dining room table were Miss Stark's supplies for making a dress. Gonzalez, after seeing the virtual river of blood, stated, It is beyond me why she did not bleed to death. She was determined. Uh -uh. There were only two bullet holes in the window leading Sheriff Davies mm-hmm. to believe an automatic rifle was used. Investigators, so this was a completely different gun than the last few crimes. Yeah, because the last few Where, crimes, it was like it was a ham a 32 gun, a caliber pistol. Colt, yeah. <clears throat> and this one's a rifle. Mm-hmm. Investigators declared that after the killer shot Virgil, he waited patiently outside the window to shoot Virgil's wife. So, like, until she went to the phone, that's when he went. Mm-mm. Um... Sheriff Davis stated that although his murder could not be directly linked to the Phantom because the caliber was a twenty-two, it is possible that the killer is one and the same. So they weren't even sure it was the same killer at that point. Although there were many people questioned the one that may believe that many believed to have been the killer was a local man named Yule Swinney. Yule. Don't do that to your kids. Yule. Yule. Max Tackett, a 33-year-old Arkansas State Police officer, a rookie at the time, realized that a car had been stolen on the night of one of the murders and that a previously stolen car had been found abandoned. On Friday, June 28, 1946, Tackett found a car in a parking lot and he pretty much stakes it out, waiting for the person who left this car to come back for this car. Dang. And lo and behold, um, someone came back to it. Mm. It was 21-year-old Peggy Swinney. So he ends up arresting her. Oh. She tells him that her husband is currently out of town. I mean, she pretty much spills beans. Oh. Um, currently out of town trying to sell another stolen car. What? They catch up to him. The man was Yule Swinney. Soon after arrest, oh. he reportedly made what might have been incriminating statements about being a murderer, such as a fear such as a fear of being sentenced to the electric chair. Oh. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. Why don't I remember any of this? You don't remember this? Where were you? I don't know. Okay. And we were sober. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> says when police questioned Swinney's wife Peggy, she confessed. <laughs> I like that long pause in there. <sighs> says when police questioned Swinney's wife Peggy, she confessed a great detail in great detail that he was the phantom killer. What the hell? And that he had killed Betty Joe Booker and Paul Martin. They Her's- do not do this in the movie. Yeah. No. Her story changed in some details across several confessions and conversations, and police believe she was withholding some facts due to fear of Swinney or fear of incriminating herself. Um, I'd be afraid of him. Right. Police were able to independently verify some details of Peggy's confession, such as locating a victim's possessions in a location. She said Yule had discarded it. A shirt with mm-hmm. a laundry mark perhaps linked Link to the Starks case was found in Swinney's possession. The link was not certain. Hmm. I don't know. That's a little weird. I mean, was there a lot of Starks? I went to school with a Carrie Stark. Did you? Yeah. I mean, the only Starks I know about were (laughs) (laughs) the Starks on Game of Thrones. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's right. And Tony Starks. Yeah. Um, by law in 1946, Peggy could not be forced to testify against her husband. And because she was considered an unreliable witness, Yule was not arrested for the murder. Hmm. Instead, with only circumstantial evidence, Swinney was sent to prison as a habitual offender for car theft. What? Yeah. Bullshit. Presley reported in 2014 book that several... Okay, Presley. Presley being... I don't... I wasn't That was very, the cop, wasn't it? It was the cop's nephew. Oh. He wrote a book. Oh. Hmm. Hands up writing book. I don't know why I wasn't... I think on the last episode, it was fresher and I told... Hmm. Like, gave you all that information. So... Presley reported in his 2014 book that several investigation investigators in the Swinney case later said that the habitual offender sentence was effectively a plea bar- oh bargain. A plea bargain. <laughs> now yeah. it's finally in me. Oh, right now. You feel right it? Moment. I feel it. I feel oh, it. I feel it right now. It. I feel it. Even though the case files indicated no such agreement was reached formally, Swinney was concerned about being sentenced to death for the murders so agreed to not contest the habitual offender charge and in fact tried to plead guilty even though habitual offender cases required a a jury trial all right so i'm just going to go through a list of all the circumstantial evidence that they had on the case against swinney one the car peggy swinney was arrested for stealing was one of what the one reported missing on the night of the griffin moore murders there was a lot of circumstantial evidence Mm. That doesn't even seem circumstantial to me, but I don't know. I don't know what constitutes circumstantial anymore. When Tackett caught Yule Swinney on the fire escapes, Swinney said, please don't shoot me. Tackett replied, I'm not going to shoot you for stealing cars. And Swinney then replied, mister, don't play games with me. You want me for more than stealing cars. How's that circumstantial? Yeah. All right. It sounds like he's, yeah. Then Yule was in the police car. He asked Chief Deputy Tillman Johnson, Mr. Johnson, what do you think they'll do to me for this? Will they give me the chair? Johnson responded with, you won't get much, maybe five or ten years, because he's thinking car theft. Right. They don't give you the electric chair electric chair for stealing cars. And then Swinney replied, Mr. Johnson, you got me 
for more than stealing cars. <laughs> right. So obviously he's he thinks he's, he's guilty of something. Right. Mm-hmm. When a lawyer told Peggy that her husband was being held for murder, she exclaimed, "How did they find it out?" Peggy took officers near the spot where Paul Martin's what? car was found. She said she had walked into the woods there, and the officers found a woman's heel prints in that area. Huh. Peggy's family That would be circumstantial because they don't actually have the shoe, the head, the heel, or the woman. Right. Except that she says that she's the woman. Okay. Peggy's But it's still circumstantial because she takes it back and she can't, she ends up not testifying to the Hmm. fact because she can't testify. I mean, if they actually had a shoe, they might be able to say that it's something. Peggy's family and Yule's brother in law believed. I've seen people, they've put people in jail or in prison mm-hmm. for way less evidence than this. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, because sometimes you can own somebody. Okay. So, oh, oh my God. We we may have to do my story late. There's updates on the Lachlan or whatever her name is. Oh, what is Lori. Her? Yeah. Lori. Vallow. 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 Where did I get Lachlan? I don't know. I don't know either. All right. But anyway, um, that. They they can base a case on her on circumstantial evidence if they need to. Right. If they have enough of it. Because there's... If they're... Um, you know... It might be just the way that case is, like, laid out because... The Jesse Shockley case. Oh. That was all circumstantial. Right. Because they didn't have a body. Right. That would have been, like, the everything. Right. Otherwise, a lot of it was circumstantial evidence that put her away. And you just think, okay, so we were talking about this the last time. They actually had fingerprinting during this time, 1946. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget about and that. And I didn't realize that fingerprinting yeah. went that far. It even went further back than that. But I didn't know that. But unlike now where it's like a database and it's all done through computers, mm-hmm. you literally had to go to fi- go through fingerprint cards and like match them one by one, I mean, right. which had to be a painstaking like process. Yeah. So... I mean, it probably wasn't widely used at the time. Probably not. Okay, where where was okay? Sorry. Peggy's family, Yule's brother-in-law, believed Yule was a fa- okay. Peggy's family and Yule's brother-in-law believed Yule was the phantom. Police huh. found a khaki work shirt in the suspect's room with a laundry mark of the word Stark, which I mentioned before. In the front pocket of the work shirt, slag was found, which matched samples found in Virgil Stark's welding shop. So, like, when you're welding, slag is what they use to weld the pieces together. Oh, okay. All right. Yule Swinney previously owned a thirty-two caliber Colt automatic, but had sold it in a crap game, which could explain mm. why... He switched weapons? Yes. I mean, anyway, he probably would anyhow right. to try and not get caught. To throw them off, yeah. right? Yeah. While being accused of murder, Swinney remained silent instead of pleading his innocence. Peggy Swinney confessed her husband's actions, revealing very til- detailed information, including some information officers already knew and some they did not. So. Oh, she on her hubby. She wanted him to get caught. Something. Um, then but he there, was probably doing shit to her. You know, people with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, okay, so if, in fact, he is the murderer mm-hmm. and he obviously has some sexually repressed issues, mm-hmm. I wouldn't doubt it. So some complications with this. Yule's fingerprints did not match any of the latent prints at the Booker Martin crime scene. Mm-hmm. Peggy Swinney recanted her confession. The Texas Rangers and Sheriff Bill Presley were not convinced that Swinney was the phantom. But his nephew later on, like after he's like, he's pretty much like, there's a book out there. He's done all the research. He thinks that this is the guy. This makes me want 
to get the book. Yeah, I totally want to get the yeah. book and read it. Okay, Swinney denied being the phantom and never made a confession. Mm. Officers, including Bowie County Sheriff Presley, Miller County Sheriff's Texas City Chief of Police Runnels, and both state police departments worked day and night for six months trying to validate Peggy's Swinney's story mm. of her and her husband's whereabouts. They deduced that Peggy was not telling the truth and that on the night of the murder of Booker and Martin, the couple was sleeping in their car under a bridge near San Antonio. Mm. So... There's that. So this that was another one of the problems. Unknown as either a sick prank or a true confession, an anonymous woman, this is later on in 1999, she contacts the family members of two of the victims, in, one in, once in 1999 and the other in 2000, apologizing for her father, what her father had done. Mm. But Yul Swinney was not known to have had a daughter. What? Yeah. Okay. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah. So, and then the phantom killer killed five people, injured three, all in 10 weeks' time. Ugh. He was never heard from again, although some believe that there are links to a 1948 cold case involving the disappearance of 21-year-old Virginia Carpenter from Texarkana. However, Swinney was a person, was in person, oh, was in prison. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to spell. Let me do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> He was in prison during that time in mm. 1948 when this um, person was murdered. All these years later, the town of Texarkana seems to have learned, leaned into the trauma and notoriety of being called the town that dreaded sundown. Many locals were even extras in the 70s version. Oh and God. every year around Halloween, the movie screened at Spring Lake Park, not too far from where the murders took place. What the which hell? is kind of weird to me. Super weird. So, yeah. Freaks. Okay, that was my story of the Phantom Killer Murders story now. And we are now recording. We took our little break there so that Carly could go fart. (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious. (laughs) No, but I did go pee about five dozen times. Five times. Like, we just took an hour in between. Pretty much 45 Did minutes. Did we? It was a while. Damn. 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 We had some pizza. We had a conversation. I mean, all I did was mention Jack in the Box and she pulls out pizza. Right. Just whipped it out. <laughs> had like, it waiting. Hey, I was, it was in my I back have, pocket. I have this under the table. I always keep pizza. Just in case. You know. You know. I'm refreshed though. In case of drunkness. <laughs> I swear, I feel like you get drunk super easy. I know, except for the last time. That's what I'm telling you. I'm the one who doesn't ever drink. (laughs) What was that? It wasn't us. It was. It was Shorty. We're gonna blame it on Shorty. She's snoring under the table. That was hilarious. It sounded more like a. No, it's her. She was like. Was it? Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. Shorty, we we call her Snorty sometimes, not Shorty. Snorty. She's like, you're talking about me. What? She was just asleep. (laughs) Snoring. (laughs) She probably woke herself. All right. All right. You ready? I'm ready. And go. go. (laughs) Take two. And okay. This is going to be a surprise to me too because I I literally can't remember your story. I couldn't remember it either. (laughs) Surprise to both of us. You know why? Because usually when I edit, I've listened to it several times and then I, but that's okay. Yeah, well, when I do my stories, 
I know them pretty well, but for some reason, I could not remember. You had to refresh yourself? I just, like, finally looked at it and was like, oh, that's right. Okay, my God. Okay. So, I will just say, it is paranormal in the sense that weird shit happens to the people that are there. Okay. But you don't really know what. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I it's, can't wait. It's on. <laughs> I literally can't wait. Oh, mom, it's it's kind of long, but if I don't do it all, then it kind of, and it's not even everything. I had to chop a lot out. Okay. Okay. So it's the Cecil Hotel. Oh, yes. my God. Yes. Why didn't I remember that? Yeah. See? Wow. Uh, yeah. Because you wanted to do it. Yes. Well, you want to do it once up on a time. I was right? so excited the last time yes. because we had had a conversation. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, okay. It's okay. now Stoked. called the Stay on Main okay. in LA. All right. Downtown, like Skid Row, LA is where it's at. Where it's at. Where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, um, it was also the inspiration for, uh, what's it? American Horror Story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For their hotel. Uh, series which i did not watch but i did see the previews for I it and i was I like s- eh. i don't know if i saw it or not. i'm telling you i only watched the first two seasons and then like i started watching the third season and i was like i i was kind of turned off so oh. i'm just i just don't like watching them by myself i've seen the one that's called the cult mm-hmm. i've seen that one the one that has to do with like the pigs or the people coming in the mm-hmm. so i don't know what they're all called but I only watch them with my kids. I won't, I'm not going to sit at home by myself and watch these weird-ass, scary I have a hard time watching them shows. only because, like, the way my mind works, I will fall asleep and dream about it. Yeah. Oh, no. And I don't Before like I that. Before I go to sleep, I can't watch the news. I can't watch yeah. anything crazy, negative. Mm-mm. Yeah, I can't do that. I have to watch something with kittens and puppies before I I have to to watch something completely senseless too that has that is. If I watch something like that, like I have to watch kittens puppies, (laughs) just to like mellow my brain out. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you on that. (laughs) I do. Although I do like stuff like that. It just it got really. I mean, it was dark. It is super dark. So it was like it got. Oh, I watched the clown, the circus one or whatever. Mm -hmm. I watched that one, too. They're very, like, who thinks of this shit? (laughs) So demented. That first season, though, was really good. What was that one? It was so good. It was the house. It was the house. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, they're... um, Which happened to be in L.A. The haunted, actual haunted house happens to be in California somewhere. What? Yeah. Wait, it's on real? It's in L.A. Like a for real house? Yeah. It's a real house. Did did we do a story on it? No, we haven't done the house. But I don't... The hauntings aren't... Oh. Yeah, but it's on the tour. It was on the tour of haunted houses. Hmm. And I don't... I can't remember which came first, the chicken or the egg. But, yeah. Interesting. I'm yawny. No yawning. I know. Okay, I'm going to move this place. Okay. All right. All right, so. Okay, so the hotel was opened in 1927. Since 1931, it has gained a reputation for, see, this is the crazy thing. Like, it's not like it has murders and suicides, but it gains a reputation for weird shit. Right. Okay, so it gains a reputation for suicides and other violent deaths. Um. Just as it began, it quickly was hit. Okay, so 
it's like it was built on cursed land. Because, like, just as it's like this beautiful hotel's built in 1927, then the Depression hits. Well, that was the same thing with the San Carlos, right? Yeah. The Depression hit right after the hotel was built. Yeah, kind of like that. So it's like, what's, what kind of throws that at them? Is it, does it have to do with the people that are building it? Right. Does it have to do with the people? Does it have to do with the building or the land? I don't know, because actually, like, if you think about it now, it's surrounded by ick mm-hmm. with all the homeless and, you know, because it's called Skid Row. Right. It's even got more homeless people now. Right. So, like, that whole area is just the. Well, there's a lot of stuff in Hollywood, too, that's pretty the, freaking crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Is it Hollywood or it's downtown LA? It's just. Downtown LA. Yeah. Which okay. is. Yeah. I mean, they kind of all blend in. Mm. <laughs> so, so the depression hit. It was <clears throat> something else that happens. Like I have to clear my throat a lot. Okay, so the last time before we started talking about this, you started talking about the scratch on your arm. <gasps> I did want to. Oh my catch gosh, that. that's right. Because when we started talking about this on the last episode, yes. it got weird. Oh. I can't remember exactly what happened. Oh, I got chills. Yeah. And then you told That's me about right. the scratch. That's right. I have the oh, scratch. I started getting that pain in the side of my head. Remember? Like Yes. Out of nowhere, like my, yes. I got this sharp pain in my and head. And then I was like, I had these two scratches, which you can barely see right here. The scratches. It, it wasn't my cat. It was while you were researching. while I was doing this. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, good memory. Yeah. Ooh, I got chills. Bad I couldn't chills. remember your story, but now we started yeah. <laughs> talking about it. I couldn't I remember it either, but yeah. I, I was doing something, and then I remembered, because I remember feeling it. It was like burning or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, Shadow wasn't on me. She wasn't near me. You're right. The scratch. The and scratch. then, here's what's weird, is our whole thing was messed up. Our whole, our whole... The whole episode. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The whole thing. Scrapped And it. we were kind of listening in every now and again, which was... We what... were checking it. Because remember, I remember saying... We like, were concerned. Yeah. We were concerned that it wasn't coming out right. All right. Well, here's our test because we tested it and it was crystal clear. Yeah. Everything we'll sounded te- great. We'll have to te- check it again before we... If anything, it's the story. Well, we will find out. <laughs> we'll find out. It's creepy. Creepy. On November 19th, 1931, Manhattan. Manhattan. <laughs> Which is not Manhattan. Ma- Manhattan. But we're saying it like we're coming from the South. <laughs> Manhattan. <laughs> Manhattan. <laughs> now you have me. I can't, it's hard to let go of it now. <laughs> I know, I can't either. <laughs> All right, anyway, beach resident W.K. Norton was found dead. 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 At. The age of 46 from ingesting poison. Okay, now we're just going to roll right into the deaths. Okay. I'm pretty sure. So anyway, and and it's a lot. So anyway, okay, so that's 1931. He ingested poison capsules. Remember that. He's not the only one. A week prior, Norton had checked into the ho- uh, the Cecil under the name James Willis. Again, this is unusual, so pay attention. Okay. Uh, for Chicago, his death seems to be the earliest known 
suicide. But was it a suicide? Was it? Was it? Was it? Or did something make him think? Did the hotel? Huh? Huh? Did the hotel make him? Could it? I have no idea. Are the walls talking? I mean, I don't know. Okay, September 1932, a maid found Benjamin... Benjamin Button? Dodick? Was he, like, in a bathtub? Anyway. Did he go in as an adult and he came out as a baby? (laughs) We're just going to call him Benjamin because his last name sounds dirty. I want to hear it now. Dodick. Dodick? 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 D-O-D-I-C-K. Dodick. Sounds dirty. Do dick. Do dick. <laughs> anyway, Benjamin okay, Dudek. enough. Enough. Anyway, he died at age 25 from a self inflicted gunshot. Uh, okay. Another suicide, supposedly. Okay. Anyway, uh, uh, he shot himself in the head, they said. Uh, no suicide note was left behind. Okay. Okay, how often does that happen? Not very often. No. In late July 1934, former Army Medic Sergeant Louis D. Borden was found dead in his room at age 53. He had his throat was slashed with a razor. Now, come on. Did he do them to himself? That's what they say. Okay. He left several notes. Okay, so he kills himself by slashing his own throat. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. He left several notes, one of which cited poor health for his reason of committing suicide. Okay. Right? I mean... Ew. Hold on. I just want to check something. A lot of death. The whole thing. It's all death. This is what I mean. Like, it may not be like ghosts and goblins making bumps in the night, but the whole thing is deaths. Oh, I skipped the big introduction, I guess. Oh, no. Though, no. This is about... Okay. You know. You know who. Okay, so anyway. Back to my story. Okay. In late July 1934. Did I already do him? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Just look at all this. I know. So March 1937, Grace E. Margo fell from the ninth floor, ninth story window. Ninth floor story? Ninth story window whatever she fell from a window on the ninth floor okay that sounds better huh to her death she died to her death she died her fall oh wait 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 her fall was broken by telephone wires which were wrapped all around her so she didn't die immediately okay they were wrapped all around her um and then she died at the hospital later and then police could not determine her her like cause of death if it was a suicide or an accident like did she accidentally fall she did she out the window trying to catch a butterfly like (laughs) what the hell i don't know did somebody push her oh Mm -hmm. nobody knows that's interesting right she was in the hotel room by herself well nobody knows because i mean there's yeah there's nothing there to there's no evidence to say otherwise right okay I mean, it doesn't even say that it fell from the ninth story window. It doesn't say it was from her room. And there's like uh, windows like down the hallways and stuff right. too. <sighs> so it's interesting that a lot bizarre. of these hotels, you can't open the windows anymore. You can't anymore, but this one you can. Really? Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay. But this one you you can. It's 
bizarre. But there's a, yeah, I mean, it's, it kind of sucks because have you ever gone and you're like, oh, you just want to open the window mm-hmm. and it has a nice balcony, but you can't go out yeah. to it. When we were in Las Vegas uh, at the Mandalay a few years mm-hmm. back, couldn't open those windows. Yeah, it kind of sucks for people who don't want to I jump. I would never or... stay there again now. No. Not after everything that went down in Las Vegas. Oh. It was from the Mandalay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we stayed, it was way before that. You know, I have clients from that. Do you? Yeah. They're much better now. <sighs> but, yeah, it's sad. I worked with them so much that when it was Dateline or something, did a whole thing on it from, like, the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. That I was having flashbacks as if I was there because <sighs> of all the work I was doing. I, I actually told the girls that I was like it was the craziest thing I was like I couldn't watch it I had to shut it off I was like holy I was crying I was like it and it wasn't me it was from working with them and kind of inhaling their feelings and stuff it was crazy my uh my cousin Bianca she Mm -hmm. sat in on a podcast with us before her fiance was there at a concert Mm -hmm. that night Mm -hmm. and he was yeah he still has like whenever that day comes up he still has issues yeah like residual issues from that yeah i remember working with these one of the women i met her mom and she was like thank you i'm like thank you what i do she's like when that happened i lost my daughter and then she started talking to you and i got my daughter back and i was like oh my god that's like amazing that's i'm so happy i'm able to help her right but the those girls, those women are so strong, what they went through and how they dealt with it. And then they were determined to not let the bad guy win and run their life and their future. So right. they even came here and went to the outdoor concert that was here. I think it was like at Tempe, Ten Lakes or somewhere. Mm-hmm. But they even came here and did that. That oh, I, that was on the year anniversary. I don't know that I could do that they, after all that. They did it. They were like... they texted me and we're like this is what we're doing i'm like you are freaking badasses that's crazy. It was amazing these women are these these women are amazing so all i did was just i think i just guided the spirit and they're the brave ones they're yeah that's really is amazing. brave courageous women i have a lot of respect for them but yeah it's crazy crazy all right enough of that Okay, so January 1938 is another military person, U.S. Marine Corps fire, fireman, Roy Thompson, at 35, jumped from the top floor and was found on a skylight. But wait, at the neighboring building. What? Are you serious? <laughs> so, can that be gross? Oh. Like, where'd it go? Where? Oh. Oh, he's, he's over, over there. there. Oh How do you end up over there? Are they that close together? The I guess so, because be. it happens more than once. Okay. Something Ugh. like that happens. All right, so May 1939, Navy officer, uh, what's that, Ewan? I don't know. Like Ewan McGregor? Yeah, Neblet. I don't know. He was found dead in his room after ingesting poison. What? That's number two ingesting poison. But there's no, like, suicide note or anything. So, uh, I know... I asked uh, this before on no. the last last podcast, but like it's not like a certain room. No, it's, like, no, it's just all that, it's hotel wide. Yes. It's hotel wide, and that's something else. Like if you go and want to stay in the haunted room, here's the other thing: the hotel is very secretive. Like 
you know, most of these places make their money on the fact that they're haunted. Right. And so they like when ghost hunters come and stuff. Not this place. Like if they catch anybody wandering around with their GoPro or their phone or whatever, they send security up to make them go away or go back to their Really? Room. Yeah. And the place is run down. Like it is. Mm-mm. And the rooms are like tiny. Mm-hmm. Like this. Tinier than San Carlos? Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're tiny, tiny. They, they, they're they like, um, they remind me of my daughter's dorm room, dorm room, when she was in a dorm, but they're like, they're just, um, like even the bathroom, the paint, the, it's like just dripping off the walls. It was really oh, like, okay. eerie. It just sounds like dark. Yeah. So, okay. So even now that the new owners are there, like, yeah. it's not upscale. They haven't mm-hmm. like. No, and here's the thing. The new owners are from New York. They've like, like, you'd think they're like, oh, we're going to dump money into this and make it nice, but it still looks like shit. And they're super, they're super um, mysterious about it. And you think that they'd try and like, let's clean this area up so we can make this place nice. I mean, it doesn't sound like that's what they've done. It doesn't look like it. Okay. Yeah, and they're not making any money on the ghost aspect of it or the mysterious side of it. I and mean, the fact you think that there's you all would these... capitalize on that, right? Oh, right. I mean, at least. But no, they haven't. So okay, so uh, 1940 now. That's okay. You... We're not going there. We, we are go not there. going there. <laughs> From the stuff that I've heard, no, no, no. I don't. I wouldn't feel safe. So January 1940, Dorothy something. Uh, a 45-year-old. I like how you're always like something. I know. I, <laughs> I give up. I, do I give we care what they're... Dorothy. No. Dorothy. Just Dor- Her name's Dorothy. Dorothy. From the Wizard uh, of Oz. From the... <laughs> she's a 45-year-old teacher. She ingested poison. Oh, Okay, wow. now see... Are you seeing like... Yeah. Why are all these people just like going there and ingest poison and die? While staying at the hotel, at the Hotel Cecil, and was near death. Reported L.A. Times um, reporter, nothing else was written. So I don't know if she actually died, but why did she ingest? And there was like no suicide note or anything mentioned. So I don't know. Weird. Oh, wait, here's another Dorothy. This one, the, the last name matters because this isn't the same one. September. Two Dorothys? Yeah. September 1944, Dorothy Jean Purcell was 19, sharing a room with her boyfriend a shoe salesman. Oh, oh, is this the one? Yes. Okay. This one's sad. So, um, his name is Ben Levine. He was 38. She's 19. He's 38. Okay. Weird. Dorothy got up to use the bathroom and she ends up giving birth in the middle of the night. Oh my God. Okay. But wait, wait, wait. Do you remember this? Yeah. Okay. It's so sad. But she didn't even know she was pregnant. Okay, so yeah. she but didn't still. realize she was pregnant. She gives birth. She thinks the baby is dead. Okay, but still. But why would you do this? I guess because she didn't want him to know or something, but oh she threw, threw the baby out the window. Oh. <sighs> okay. That's just the saddest damn thing. Because the baby wasn't actually... He's not dead. The baby was alive. So she threw her live baby out the window and killed him and then um she was charged with murder in january 1945 and she was found not guilty by reason of insanity Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go with that okay 
That she was insane, like temporarily insane. I, yeah, at that I think moment. she lost her shit. She didn't know what was going on. She's nineteen. She was probably naive. Or maybe it's the hotel had some sort of. Weird or maybe effect. the hotel did something. Um, <clears throat> like I think. Okay, cool. If like, I was like Amityville. Yeah, like if it's I like was that. influenced to do something mm-hmm. and then realize that my child was not. In, I don't know what would like in any like story that you could tell why you would throw your baby out the window but if i realized that i killed my own child i'd lose my mind i just got dizzy <laughs> stop it stop it you're gonna mess up our audio that was just i'm sorry i was just like too like you were inhaling it you can't inhale it okay I'm not. all right in 1947 elizabeth the black dahlia yeah. oh my god okay so the person i was okay so oh this is what happened i had a client and they were talking about a significant. And I said, what is your significant's name? <laughs> Dahlia. And I stopped for a second and went, Dahlia, Dahlia, Dahlia. Like, how do I know that name? It was from this. Right. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, 1947, Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia, if any of you know that story. I think I- we should do that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good true crime one, right? right? I've been wanting to do it for a while. But. Do it. Do it. Do, do it. it. Well, there's a couple on here that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, it was rumored to have been... Oh, she was rumored to have been spotted drinking in the hotel in the days before her murder that went unsolved. This is one of the, the long, LA's longest unsolved murders. Dun, dun, dun. That's crazy. Yeah. One of LA's longest, uh, that out of all the murders, that's the longest unsolved one. That's insane. That's crazy. Very crazy. All right. November 1947, Robert Smith, can't read my, oh, dies after jumping from, see, here we go. Another. Another one. Seventh window from the seventh floor window. He jumped, supposedly. Like, did he? Or did something like, is there something in those walls? Like, wasn't there something with the Amityville house that did, like, poltergeist Uh, type thing? Well, Amityville, like, that one to me, I'm still on the fence whether that one was actually haunted or if the people were, like, trying to capitalize on that one. Oh. But. But the theory is. The theory. That it's had like a poltergeist or yes. something, right? See? I Why can't this hotel? But there have been other hauntings where like whatever it was, mm-hmm. the spirit or whatever has like influenced the people like basically like. To do things. Yeah. Jump them. Right. And taken over them. Oh, yeah. Did I tell you about the client I had that I pulled five? Oh, what? That sounds really dark. You don't like that stuff. I pulled five. Five entities out of her well i didn't spirit did but yeah we pulled five entities from her when was this years ago it was the craziest thing like she was getting migraines and like her family thought she had dual personalities right what do you call that multiple personalities multiple multiple personalities and then um i saw a video of her going in and out of the personalities and i'm like looks like she's channeling you should bring her to me and she wasn't she wasn't it was channeling i mean like something's occupying her body not her not anymore that's crazy so it's basically like an exorcism yeah i guess so they just like we had to pull like one though it like the last one which was like the leader mm-hmm. 
didn't want to come out. And so like we're pulling, pulling, and then it like, it was like equivalent of grabbing me and like, I'm not going that's something. Just do something. Don't be liking that shit. <laughs> like grab my hand and I was like, what the F? So then I was like, God, come take this. And then it was gone. Be gone. It was crazy. Yeah. I don't like that shit. It was insane. I don't like that shit at all. Yeah, but she's living with her life Was now. it demonic or? or... I, I think it was just a facetious energies the the ones that were in there were like pretty innocent like but it would just it found a weak person a weak moment in that person's life that they could jump they in attached mm-hmm. and it was manipulating her and the other entities that were in there with her the same it wasn't letting them out there was a kid and there were um it was a woman and her sister and then there was a little kid and then some I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. okay. All right, on we go. <laughs> That'll be in my book. <laughs> Just kidding. It was crazy though. All right, so October twenty second, nineteen fifty four, San Francisco stationary firm employee Helen Gurney, 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 Gurney. Gurney. Maybe Gurney. it's Gurney. <laughs> At age fifty five, jumped, jumped. From the window of the seventh floor. This one's the seventh floor also. also I didn't put that together. That's insane. All right. Anne landed on top of the Cecil's marquee. One week prior, wow. she had registered under the name of Margaret Brown. Remember the other one right. that registered? Right. So like some register under different names mm-hmm. and then end up some. It's just weird shit. Right. Why are they doing that? Like there's, she, it's like people come there to die, yeah. or are they influenced? Exactly. Like do it's it is it's a cheap hotel. And, and the only reason I say that because I know you're going to get to it is the yeah. chicken elevator. Yeah. Yes. But dun, keep dun, going. Dun. Yeah, we have to do all these. Okay. And this isn't even all of them. This right. is just like I got tired just- of writing. <laughs> February. <laughs> I mean February eleventh, nineteen sixty two. Julia Francis Moore, at age fifty jumped from the window of her eighth floor room and landed in a second story interior. See, you had asked if it's just certain rooms, but clearly it's not. not. Like, it's all over the place. Um, she landed a uh, second story interior light well. Anyway, Moore did not leave a suicide note. She had a bus ticket from St. Louis, 59 cents in change, and an Illinois bank book showing uh, $1,800 balance in her possession. All that was left behind. So it's like she had plans. Right. She, her, it's not like she went there to die. Does that make sense? Yeah. She had like... All right. October 12, 1962, Pauline Otten, or Oten, whatever was 27 when she jumped from the window of the ninth floor. Somebody else jumped from the ninth floor. Margot. Mm-hmm. Grace. Anyway, after an argument with the with her estranged husband, Dewey. Dewey had left the room prior oh to... <laughs> Dewey. Dewey. Why do people name their children Dewey? I don't know. But Dewey, why did you leave? Because he left prior to Pauline's suicide. When she jumped out the window, she... Oh, my God. Okay, this one. (laughs) This one's so super sad. Okay. So she jumps out of the window, and she lands on a 65-year-old man Mm. who just was walking by. 
Okay. Yeah. Poor guy. His name was George. Poor George. Yeah. Killing him instantly. And they know that he obviously didn't jump with her because of, like, how he was positioned and all of that. Yeah. Super sad. So you're just walking by and a body lands on you and kills you instantly. Super sad. Anyway, June 4th, 1964, a hotel worker discovered um, Pigeon Goldie. Mm Hmm? Oh, it's good. This this could pigeon. Be, yes, this could could be another story. Osgood, a retired phone operator, dead in her room. She was oh, she had been raped, stabbed, oh, and beaten. Okay. Oh, and her room was ransacked. Okay, but that's ugly. Yeah. Um, she was known for going around like her name. You know, the Goldie. Pigeon? Yeah. Pigeon. Oh, Goldie. Yeah. Pigeon Goldie, whatever. She um, was known for going to the area, to the park. Okay, let me just read this. Os- Osgood was well known around the area. She had earned her na- her nickname because she fed the birds in a nearby uh, Pershing Square. I thought, I thought they said it was a park, Pershing Square. But some shit happens there. Okay. I'm pretty sure. In Pershing Square? Yeah, near her body was a Los Angeles Dodgers cap she always wore and a paper sack full of birdseed. Hours after her murder, uh, Jackie B. something, 29, was uh, seen walking through the Pershing Square in bloodstained clothes. Okay, but he he wasn't. He arrested, charged for the murder, but was later cleared of the crime. Osgood's murder remains unsolved. Okay. How come that's not a longest running one? Well, Dolly came after. Oh, 1947. Or Dolly came before. Yeah. Okay, but there's something about this park. I thought I I read something else that had to do with this. We might have to dig for this Osgood because I think there's more to it. Anyway, December 20th, 1975, an unidentified woman, approximately 23 years old, jumped from her 12th floor window onto Cecil's second floor roof. She was registered at the hotel. Oh, wow. On December 16th, under the name Allison Lowe. See? She registered under something else. Like, what's up with the aliases? I don't know. And was staying in room 237. I don't know why they're saying something about 237, because none of these other things mention a room um september 1st 1992 a black male was found deceased in the alley behind the cecil authorities believe he either fell from or jumped from or was pushed from the hotel's 15th floor okay that's pretty broad okay are you ready i'm ready okay okay you guys this next one is freaky shit and this is what led me to the story because there's actual footage and this is like a recent thing. It's It was uh, February 19th, 2013. There was, her name was Alisa. Alyssa? Mm-hmm. Or Alisa? Alyssa. We'll go with Alyssa. Okay. Anyway, she's this little Asian girl from Canada and she, it was uh, on January thir- 31st, 2013 was when she was last seen at the hotel. And she is from Canada. She came to LA by herself. She went to San Diego and went to like the zoo and stuff. And then she came 
she had some issues, but she, it seemed like she had gotten some of her issues together, like bipolar and some depression issues, but she was taking she her was, medication and stuff. And it seemed like she was doing well, so she was traveling alone. It was like she took a hiatus from college. She was um, a second-year student, I believe. And so because she was taking this hiatus from school, she was traveling. And I know her family was very worried, so she was calling her family every single day, sometimes multiple times a day, but she was calling them every day. Just checking in. Yeah. And so on this particular day, she did not call, and that's when her family got worried about her. Okay. She was seen by like a, some employee on this on this day also. She was seen at a bookstore. She was looking at a particular book and having a conversation with an employee at the bookstore that I guess she frequented there, kind of, anyway, chatting them up, and she knew they knew her, and that was like a last sighting of her too okay okay so on january 31st Alyssa was expected to check out of her room at the cecil and head to santa cruz but she didn't check out Alyssa. uh we already talked about college student second year already did all that you guys you can just edit that out (laughs) i got ahead of myself because i got super excited so the last she was seen was by this... Oh my god, I jumped ahead of myself. I'm super proud of how I did that. Rolled right into it. I didn't even think I'd remember it. But it's such a good story. I mean, it's not a good story. It's a sad story, but... Right. It's an interesting story. Okay, so just a little... You can go onto YouTube and see her, the like... The actual footage. At the last time she was seen at the hotel. Like, there's actual footage of her to be seen at the hotel yeah and it's creepy that's the elevator right yeah the elevator scene super creepy so and and be careful because i was watching one um these young guys had posted and they chopped it all up and they have like do you see this do you see that and then i was like oh now i'm gonna go back to the original the real ones and they they manipulated the video, so don't don't fall for all that. Okay, just go watch the. Maybe we can put the link. Yeah. Oh, we definitely will. Okay. We will. All right. Yeah, you did send it to me. Okay. All right. So okay. So her family not hearing from her on the thirty first, and obviously worrying about her. I mean, your young daughter is traveling alone. You know, in a pretty crazy place. Right. L.A. Not a great neighborhood. No, not a great neighborhood. And she didn't check in. So they called the police. And her family's from Hong Kong. So, you know, I mean, it's all, I'm sure they've been here for a while, but in Canada, but it is still foreign land. So anyway, I don't know, but they, they're freaking out. So they call the police. They did not search every room of the... The police went to investigate and they did not search the every room because right. they can't. Because legally they have to have... A warrant. Well, yeah. And they have to have probable cause right, to search true. every room. Right. And at this point they don't. So um, no crime was committed is what they said. On February 6th, a week after... Um, Alyssa's disappearance, police had decided to send out flyers with Alyssa's image and description posted all over the neighborhood and online. And that brought like media attention and more awareness to the fact that this girl's missing, right. that they don't know what's where she's at or whatever. And then a week later on February 15th, without any sign 
of Alyssa, the police release a very strange video, which is the surveillance video of her in the elevator. And it shows her waving her arms all over. First, it shows her going in the elevator and she kind of crouches down and she like pushes all the buttons. Right. All the floors. The elevator doors never shut. Like, you guys know when you go to an elevator, how many times have you had to like put your arm in there to Yeah, it open stays the- open the whole time. That These, I do remember. Yeah, the elevator stays open the whole time. So she goes in, she pushes all the buttons and she kind of stands off to the side. Doors never shut. Then you see her like peek out and then it's almost like, cause like, did she hear something? Did somebody call her? So she peeks out and then it's like, oh shit. And she goes in and she like hides in the corner of the elevator. Right. And then it's she's like, she's terrified. Of now something. she's spooked out. Yeah. Right. And then she kind of like steps out and she does these weird like steps one foot out, then another foot out, then moves to the side. She does like a box step. Right. And then she goes back in the elevator. And again, these fucking elevator doors are not closing. Right. That is the weirdest thing to me. Like to me that that was like So but when is that the time she goes out and it looks like she's having a conversation with no, somebody? No, no, no. Okay. Then she like kind of goes back in and then she comes back out and, and standing out again and then she kind of maneuvers off to the side where you can't see her. Mm-hmm. And then when she comes back into frame, it looks like that's when she starts talking, if I'm remembering correctly. Her hands are animated. She's going crazy like talking to somebody. But but she's not afraid. When she's talking to him, it's almost like she's making a point because she's doing, you can see me with, like, she's taking her pinky finger and she's taking her other hand and she's like, and this and that. That's what it looks like, right? right? Okay, so it's like she's, and and this one and that one. And she's like, but she's yelling and she's flaying her arms all over the place. And she's like very dramatic and her fingers are all wide open. And I mean, people make note about well, how and dramatic. And you said she was bipolar. So right. that so makes it you could think be of, manic. Yeah. She could be. Right. Having an episode, which that's, that's a theory. Right. That kind of gets debunked. Right. You know, well, the I'm medications. About. Right. So she flaying all around. Okay. So once she's done yelling at, whomever she's yelling at, if anything, she then, she doesn't run away like she's afraid of somebody. She turns around and walks away. And then that's the last of anybody seeing of her. Right. But if she was afraid and something was chasing her, wouldn't she have ran off? Right. She didn't. And then, so, like, her medications, she'd been taking them? She hadn't been taking them? Well... Well, hold on. I'll tell you in a second. (laughs) So Jumping ahead. Yes. So on the 15th, that's the police surveillance. Okay. It was like a week later after they did that that surveillance. They, okay. People now that are staying in the hotel are calling the hotel lobby and whatever. And they're reporting that their water pressure is really low, that the water tastes or smells funky. Mm. There's at one point they're saying there's, they turn the, there's video of this too. Right. Uh, on YouTube. If you they turn the water on and it comes out black. Oh. I don't know why. And that for a few seconds and then it goes clear. So people are drinking this and taking showers in it. And so they send 
um, the maintenance worker up to check the water towers because he's there. They don't know why this is happening. So these water towers are humongous, like they're giant tanks that are. Well, I have the measurements four by something, whatever. I'll tell you when I get to it. I know I have it on here. It totally makes me think of that movie, Dark Water. Did you ever see it? I don't know. With Jennifer Connelly? It's like she moves into this building with her child, and there's like this no. huge stain up in the ceiling uh-uh. of like, you know, it looks like water damage. And they come and they fix it, Mm-mm. and then the stain shows up again. It just keeps happening over and over again until, and I'll let you no. continue. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So anyway, I want to say these are like four by eight or whatever. They're huge tanks and they're like put on these giant cement blocks. So, I mean, it's an ordeal. But anyway, the maintenance guy goes up, gets in the tank and sees Alyssa's body floating in the naked body floating in the tank. And her clothes are floating in the tank also, but they're not on her. The question is... Her yeah. clothes, something happened to her. Her clothes got taken off. Her and cell phone. They tossed her and the, her clothes in after her. I don't I, know. Her cell phone's missing. Her clothes are off of her. Her room key and something else is on her possession. But wait, her her her, her cell phone has never been found. Um, what? It says her clothing was floating on top of the water. Her watch and her room key were found with her. However, her phone has never been found. Interesting. But, okay, so, okay, so there was no evidence of trauma, sexual assault, or suicide. Toxology showed her normal prescriptions, as well as Sinutab and ibuprofen, which not a crazy amount, just a small amount, you know, and a very small trace of alcohol, like 0.02 grams. Right. So, like, the... Tiniest amount. Who's to say she didn't take some NyQuil? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it was a small amount. But no no recreational drugs were present. And her regular medications. So that's why they ruled out, like, some people were like, well, it's her bipolar or whatever. But she was still taking her Her regular medications were in her system. So everything looked normal. And did you say, like... The lid on the water tank was like super, super massively heavy. It's so heavy that, and I even think that it like has a special lock so people can't get in there. Right. And then to like get up it, you have to get the ladders. Like the ladders just aren't hanging there. Like they have to get the ladders and climb up it. And it, she's a tiny girl. It would take a lot for her to, to, to work her way up. The towers, but first of all, let's just talk about how did she get out there? Because the door leading to the roof, you have to have a special code for or a special key. And if you don't, it sets off the alarm. So there is a window that goes out to the fire escape. So they still have those windows are still open. Mm -hmm. But even if she went out that way to get up, to get the ladders, to get to put those against the tank, to climb up to the water tank, then to be standing on a ladder and lift this gigantic, heavy lid. And get in. And then jump in. Like somebody would have to hold it up for her so she could get in. Well, then, even if she caught that open and she was able to get in, to be able to close it back, you're floating in water. So you're swimming in water. You're going to pull this giant, heavy lid on yourself. Mm. 
It just doesn't make any sense. She couldn't do it. Right. It just is impossible. Anyway, that the theory is there is no theory because nobody can figure it out. Right. So, I mean, they, they were like, maybe somebody murdered her, obviously, and raped her and stuff. But there's no sexual assault. There's no... That nobody it's really knows. really creepy and weird. It is. And along with all these other things that have happened and the way she was acting in the um the elevator the fact that those elevator doors don't shut until she walks out once she leaves they close and they go up to every floor that she had pushed it's eerie and open and they open and close yeah open and close close. like normal elevator doors like they should have been doing right i'm telling you watch watch it Cause it, it's and watch it all the way through, so you can watch like when they close and then they go up to the floors and open, and it's just eerie. Oh, okay. So they're the tanks are four by eight foot cylinders propped up by concrete blocks, and you have to have ladders, like I said. I guess I didn't put how big. I thought the I thought I wrote how heavy the, the lids were. Okay, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's just creepy. That's creepy. The, oh yeah, okay. So the elevator show the elevator scene shows her pushing all the buttons. I already said all that. And what so. year was this? It was 2013? 2015. 2015. Right? All right, hold on. No, February nineteenth, twenty thirteen. You're okay. right. I thought it was twenty fifteen. Oh, because this one. June thirteenth, twenty fifteen. The body of twenty eight year old uh something. <laughs> What is that? Oh, a to- oh, that's all it says is a male. Okay. Oh, okay. Was found outside the hotel. Some say he might have committed suicide by jumping from. This is like another this jumper. is a repeat. There was another one that they were like, yeah, this one, September nineteen ninety two. Um, he may have committed suicide by jumping from the hotel, although cause of death is undetermined. Just same exact as that is like okay we did the san carlos that's literally one suicide yeah suicide in the place was haunted this is like kill 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 that's a lot of suicide that's a lot of death in one hotel it's like and and it's not like it's murders it's not like they were except the one yeah and maybe but i don't think hers is a murder yeah, that's too creepy. If you like, I'm sure a lot of people have already seen the footage, but if you haven't, you definitely have to see it. And I'll post a link. I'll definitely post a link. Okay, but this, it gets darker. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so um, I'm going to read this because I don't know why I wrote it, but let me just read it in case it means something. In the 1940s, it looked as though, as though the hotel was looking up. The hotel flourished as a fashionable destination. Oh, so it was nice. Okay. I mean, it does. It looks like it's a pretty, like the lobby. Swanky. Looks, yeah. I mean, it wasn't built to be slummy. Right. Um, the hotel flourished as a fashionable destination, but as the nearby area known as Skid Row became heavily populated with transients, there were as many as 10,000 homeless people. Living within a four-mile radius. Now that's like quadrupled right. more than that. 
By the 1950s, the hotel gained a reputation for playing host to transients and also a large number of criminals residing there as well. The criminals. So, criminals. Come on. Here we go. In the <laughs> mid-1980s, a serial killer you all have heard of, Richard Ramirez. Oh. The Night Stalker. We did a story. Dun, dun, dun. That was literally our first episode yeah. ever. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Anyway, he... Okay, so here... This is what I mean. Like, it's so dark that... Even before that, like, I, I believe, like, it's just giving us the most recent... I right. couldn't get any before that, but... Because it says, even back here, it says, 1950s, it played host to a bunch of shady characters. So I think it carries something dark that it attracts. And then I think it it messes with people's heads. I wouldn't even want to stay there. No. And so, okay, so then it says, um, okay, so we all know about the Night Stalker. He, He murdered, Stalker, he murdered 13 people. He lived... He lived in a room on the top floor of the hotel during much of his killing spree. So who knows? After right. killing someone, he would throw his he would throw his blood soaked clothes in Cecil's dumps in the dumpster. Right. Okay. This is he's very weird. He would close throw his clothes in the dumpster, but then he'd walk through the lobby like in his underwear or completely naked. What and the nobody fuck? would even raise an eyebrow to it. Okay, because everybody was walking around naked. Because they're all weird. They're all, they're probably all high on something or just the hotel holds weird people. And maybe they're all under some kind of weird trance. What do we know? That's weird. Right? So nobody even batted an eyelash. Dude's walking around the freaking corridors completely butt-ass naked. Yeah. And nobody's even reacting to that. journalist. Josh Dean wrote he'd walk around in his underwear or naked and no one raised an eyebrow. Unbelievable. And there's more. At the time, Ramirez only paid $14 a night. Jeez. That's super cheap even for back then. Yeah. Because that's not... I mean, hey, I was visiting... What was that? Was that the 2000... Oh, that was the 80s? Mm Mm-hmm. I was I was visiting my sister in Hollywood in the eighties, and it wasn't cheap. I mean, it was gross, but it wasn't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> in nineteen ninety one, oh, this is one that we could do too. Austrian serial killer Jack uh, Unterweger. Uh huh. Have you heard of him? Well, I'd like to say no, but we did this before. Oh, you did? I can't convincingly. Oh. No, tell me. No, no, no. We did oh, this. Oh, we did this. <laughs> Have you heard of him, though? No, Be- not until you mentioned this? it last week. I thought you guys did a story on no, it. No, 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 no. Anyway, he strangled prostitutes. You have a good memory, because I can't remember shit. But And I did the story. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, really? He did that? We should do this. Anyway, he, he strangled prostitutes with their own bras. Oh, oh that's right, because you were like, ooh, we should. Right. Anyway, he um, strangled prostitutes with their own bras, also cho- uh, chose to reside at the Cecil because of its connections to Ramirez. Wow. That's so gross. Hey, bro. Can we be buds? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Because this area around the hotel was surrounded with prostitutes, I mean. By this time, Ramirez is long dead. In 1991? Right. I think. Did he die that soon? 
I can't remember. It's surrounded with prostitutes. Ja- oh, that's a, this is right. Okay, okay, okay. Jack stalked his prey uh, time and time again in search of new victims. One prostitute he is believed to have killed vanished right down the street from the hotel, at which time he, he claimed to have been dating the hotel receptionist. Ooh. So, like, that's his girlfriend, yet okay, he's creepy. killing all these prostitutes in the area. Weird. In 2011, the rate was $75 a night. Ooh, he died in 2013. Who? Ramirez? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was soon. I mean, that's close to now. Right. <laughs> that's, that's freaky. New York developers signed a 99-year lease. 99 years? Wow. Um, and That's began, a long time. Yeah. Who signs a lease for 99 years? And then just lets it stay shitty. Ugh. Anyway, they said that here they say they began renovations, perhaps hoping to erase the blood from the walls. But in videos that people show, if those are their renovations, they're not, not doing so great. Much. Mm-mm. But uh, what 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 will erase the what, curse? What will what will what will what will erase the curse? Honestly, I believe it. I think there is a curse in the foundation of that place. So, and I'm not talking about like, oh, it's on Indian ruins. Oh, it's I uh, know. I think there is darkness. Well, I mean, okay, even set aside like curses and whatever. Do that, that many suicides like if there was if these people like legitimately went in there and they like were suicidal and that was their last dark day and they were done that's a lot of darkness just that by itself yeah because all these people carrying this like whatever heavy burdens made them kill themselves take away curse why are they attracted to that place right to do it and then not to mention the psychotic killers that are attracted to that place yeah yeah and you can't say oh well there's killers there so maybe they're the ones that are killing the people and they're making it look like a suicide but it's not there's they're not consistent and it's not like that that's crazy so you don't have any like actual sightings like well other than that well okay so there is a photo i sent it to you didn't i i think it's on my thing there's a photo that a kid took I think it was a kid that took it, and he just happened to catch this, um, like, ghostly-type figure on the side of the building. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, they don't let anybody go in there. And the people that do kind of sneak their way in there, to me, they don't, they're not really getting anything. They're just kind of touring the building, but they're right. not getting any ghost stuff. It's said, like, ghost hunters and ghost adventures have done stuff in there, but I looked everywhere and could not find a trace all right now i have to look yeah if you find it you might find it because i couldn't that's creepy yeah and i tried i mean i got on hulu i got online i was looking up anything trying to look through all the episodes couldn't find it so if you can find it great you're good at finding that kind of stuff that's creepy but those are the only two said ghost adventures and ghost hunters but i don't even remember that no. Honestly, no. I mean, that would have been a pretty. Those would have been pretty great episodes and memorable. You would think. You would think. And you would think there would they'd get a lot if there was anything. But I mean, they're pretty secretive about letting people in there. And if you look, even on YouTube, there's one guy. He's in there and he's being pretty 
low-key about walking around and security. Security. Security gets them. Security. Yep. They're like, "Uh, you're not filming, are you? He's like, no, I'm just walking to my room. Right. But not even anybody like in their rooms, like recording or trying to get EVPs or... Nope. I went through a lot of... That's how I kind of was getting into it. Interesting. But nope, I didn't catch... That's weird. I didn't get any. That's why I'm like, it's not our normal paranormal, like Where there's ghostly a lot, yeah, sounds. Like everybody's and stuff. got like yeah, some like, sort of story. No, I mean there was one where they were talking about like the water faucets going on, the lights flickering, normal things like that. But to me, the 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 more paranormal part of it is people killing themselves, right? Like going to stay there and not coming out, right? Like what's making them like do some, that? They're being influenced. Yeah. And a, a, well, especially Alyssa girl. the one gal that sounds like her life was just like she wasn't. She had plans. Yeah, she wasn't. No, and Alyssa Lamb is her name, the Asian girl, the girl from Canada. And what about her? Like, I don't know. It's just she's just having a good time in L.A. Why is my nose all of a sudden all weird? Puppies. puppies? I want puppies. Okay, but anyway, why? Um, so if you look it up, it's Alyssa, Alyssa L.A.M. But but hers didn't seem like, oh, she was staying in a room with um, other people. And then they were like, she's getting on our nerves. She's she's weird. Okay. So she went and stayed in her own room mm-hmm. for like the remainder of her time there. But other than that, she wasn't, you know, she seemed like a normal college kid having fun, hanging out with people, kind of then... You know, just doing her thing. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. Definitely not a destination. No, and I wouldn't want to go even investigate it, because what if? Yeah. It's too weird. But to me, that's the paranormal part. It's like, you can't explain it. Right. It's fucked up. So many deaths. So many deaths. So many suicides. What about the ones that are going in, like, changing their names? Yeah, why? Going in with one name and dying with another. Huh. It's just weird shit. That is weird. The it's a lot thing. of weirdness. And then, and then to like broaden it out even more, like that whole area is just full of depressing ick. It's just ick. Anyway, it that's like my you happy said story. Depressing dick. I'm depressing like, dick. <laughs> you definitely don't want to get your dick there. <laughs> Go to Disneyland, but don't get your dick there. Oh wow! All right, girl. I'm All done. Right. That was your story. That's it. That was your story. I mean, I'll I'll come up with something more ghostly next time, but this was pretty freaking wicked to me. That is wicked. Yeah. That's a lot of death in one place. All right. That's that it. Note. Now that we're depressed, completely depressed. <laughs> All right. Say? Nothing. I just wanted to give a shout out to my niece, uh, Brittany, Aww. and her boyfriend, Damas. Oh, because they listen to us. I just want to say hi. 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 Thank you for listening. Yay. <laughs> I just like, I think it's cool when you find out that people listen. It is. It's super cool. People that you love, people that you know, and you're, it's just like a surprise. Oh, um, well, my friend, my friend Cindy texted me and was like, hey, what, what is the stuff to your, your uh, podcast? And I'm like, Wait, you listen? You listen to us? I know, oh my isn't gosh, it like that's so of... awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love finding out that people Or like when listen. my kids' friends say they listen. For the longest time, I was like, I didn't really even put it on my Facebook. Like, it oh, was really? just kind of. Yeah, I was. Girl. Like, yeah. 
Because people that you know are a little bit more critical, you feel like they're going to be more like, oh, okay, what's Try this telling people you doing? talk to dead people. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> That's something people are critical about. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Having well, a podcast about true crime and paranormal, that people dig. And people dig that you talk to dead people, too, so. No, you just have to be able to say it because then there's also the people that don't dig it. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are like, eh, okay, whatever. Then you have to be like, sure. I don't care. If it's not your cup of tea, then so sorry. All right. I just don't talk about it with them. Exactly. Yeah, Can you tell? Huh. Can you tell right up? Like, do you get like a vibe? Or yeah, I mean, I I could tell like if if I if we're talking about it or something that's making somebody uncomfortable, and I just don't talk about it, right? Or, or I just don't bring it up unless somebody else does. <laughs> it's just like religion and politics and all that other stuff, right? As soon as you th- see people start squirming in their seat, then you're just like, okay, we won't talk about this. Yeah, I Let's mean, change the. Subject. I certainly am not going to push my views onto you, right? But I will say. You're missing out. <laughs> You're missing out if you don't. And it's usually because people are afraid. Right. Of the unknown. But to me, it just makes you feel more at peace. Well, I think it's like the whole religious factor, too, sometimes yeah. plays into it. It little. plays a lot into it. Yeah. And then there's the people that call themselves atheists who, well, I just don't believe in anything. Okay. Okay. Well, so that sucks for you. <laughs> <laughs> So sorry. All right. Anyway, uh, enough of that. Enough of that. Well, that was our show tonight. Hope you liked it. Hope you liked it. Thank you guys for listening. All right. Stay sane out there. It's yeah. A crazy stay world healthy. Right now. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Meditate. Do what you got to do. And stand up for what you believe. Exactly. That is okay. It only takes one person to change something. Right. So do it. Don't just sit there and think about it. I do that all the time. You sit there and think about it? I do. And then I'm like, you know what? I should have did this. I should do something. So we should do something. Anything. All right. (laughs) We'll do do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. (laughs) Because we are procrastinators at heart. And tomorrow, there's always tomorrow. We're hardcore (laughs) procrastinators. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I'm Alma. I'm Carly. Good night. Bye.